Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's good to be here this morning. It's a blessing to, just a privilege to be able to, to, to share this morning. I always, uh, still, after all these years, I'm still uh, nervous about misrepresenting Christ. My hands still sweat. My, uh, I still feel so inadequate, but that's fine. And it's a good place to be because I know that I'm nothing without Jesus. So, <clears throat> I'm just gathering my thoughts. It's good. I mean, we're, we're too much in a rush, even in the house of God. I want to bask in his presence because I know that when I walk out of those doors, I know he's with me. But it's different in here. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding in here. And I want to be a, a, a God chaser. I want to find the Lord and I want to dwell in that place of fellowship, knitting my heart with the Lord. Things just need to slow down sometimes. The Lord gave me a word. I have a word already. I had one and I've had one, but uh, God spoke some things to me that I got to just read. You know, uh, I encourage you to register for voting uh, today. It's very important. I got to say something, and I'm not so much endorsing anybody, but I just got to say something that uh, really hit me this week as I was... Uh, you know, I like to watch preachers like the rest of you, or maybe some of you. I like to go to YouTube. I like to see people that are, that I believe are, uh, you know, just uh, men of God, that teach the Word of God. But as I was, uh, as I was scrolling through, you know, there was a, just a, 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 you know, a heading that really, uh, you know, the, the title of a message that, that kind of just caught my eye. It was a short five-minute message, but it was a, a man from Africa. A preacher, a minister, um, and you can take this however you want to take it, but I'm fine saying it, so don't get offended. I'm not, again, endorsing anybody, but I know what my beliefs point me to as far as uh, this nation is concerned. And as I, was, uh, as I was watching this, you know, this man from Africa started talking about really the hate that America even has for the current president right now. And it's, you know, there's many that hate, you know, what's happening right now. And I, w I want you to bear in mind that, uh, that Satan is the prince of this world, according to what Christ says. And, and there is, a, there's, we're, we're in what we would call the world system, which even has to do with politics and so forth. But what we want is, we, our desire is that this nation, uh, you know, maybe could reach a place of repentance, we're not too far gone. <laughs> Amen. God is able to do something, and, and, uh, and that's, it's up to his church. I'm going to talk a little bit again about that. But as, as this man was talking, he, was, he mentioned the reason that this current president is hated so much is because he sticks up for the church. One of the reasons. And he sticks up for Israel. And he's made a stand. He's made a stand for... The, for, for uh, you know, against abortion. So, so these are things, and, and, uh, and, and what this, I'm just quoting what this 
uh, pastor said, he said, uh, um, don't think that things are going to change if you get a uh, liberal president inside of the White House as far as the church is concerned, as far as abortion is concerned, um, you know, and as far as Israel is concerned. So those are things that should directly affect us as believers in our, you know, in our minds. So we better be conscious about how we vote and, uh, you know, however you view somebody or, or whatever, uh, you know, the reality is this. Uh, the church is at a place where we need to stand. We need to make a stand. So with that being said, I've been talking a little bit about that. We've been, we've been going over uh, certain things as far as, as the Word of God is concerned. Um, but I believe right now the church has been led into a place of the desert. I, 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 I told you that. We're, you know, and, and we use the scripture about when Jesus was led in uh, to the desert to be tempted. Well, the church is being led into a place of testing, a place of refining, and a place of, uh, of surrender. And, and that's individually and corporately. And last, last week I, talk about, I talked about, you know, how, how, how I believe we're at a, at a place Really, the church is at a place of, of really Gethsemane, a place of truly saying, okay, Lord, I'm either going to submit and serve you according to your will and according to your purpose, or I'm going to take the easy way out. So God is refining his house right now, and, and the, the message that I'm going to give has to do everything to do with, with the church and the way that I believe uh, where we're at. Uh, I don't know, you don't necessarily have to agree with me, but I'm going to use scripture, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness of, of where we're at. But I want to tell you that we are in a battle, and we are in a struggle right now. So uh, as we're struggling, we're struggling to raise up uh, the standards of, of Christ. We're, we're struggling to, to raise up the, uh, really the standards of the truth of the word of God. So we're, we're at a place where we're lifting up the standards. And the standards of God are very disturbing to the world around us in which we live. In, in such a way that, 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 that this world uh, rejects and pushes away the truth of the word of God. And, and even though some or many may call themselves believers... Unless we accept and receive what truth is and live by it, then we're basically rejecting who God is. So God is, is bringing a standard at this time. And, and, and it's so important that we're understanding who we are in Christ and really uh, understanding the, the foundation that we've been, uh, that, that God has placed under us. And as he's building the structure of, of the church and maybe tearing down a man's structure of how man has built the church at this time that, we, that we're living in right now. There are certain things that have to come down. And, and there are things that we've held on to based on what we think is, you know, maybe our, our religious responsibility to God. But there are certain things that are being torn down so that we can see clearly the cross and, and clearly really what... Uh, you know, who Christ is in our lives and really prioritize the things of God and prioritize our relationship with the Lord. Because apart from that, we just won't make it. So it's a time of desperation for me as, as a preacher and as a minister to, to, to bring forth the word of God so, so we can all grab a hold of it and see the seriousness of the times that we're living in. 
So, you know, I'm just going to talk a little bit. There's a scripture I read it last week. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. So, uh, my understanding is the power of God is still moving and active in this day and age that we live in. The Holy Spirit is still moving in these times that we're living in. God's truth applies to the times that we're living in. You know, the, the gifting, the, the, the spiritual gifting uh, is still active in the times that we're living in. God has entrusted us with, with something great in these times that we're living in. But it's up to us whether we're going to receive it or reject it. So I, I'm going to read a little bit uh, of what the Lord just gave me to, to, to write down. Um, so, I, you know, I, I titled this, uh, The Enemy's Last Stand Against the Church. It, it's, it's, a, it, it's not so much a difficult time, but if we're not identifying with what it truly means to be a Christian in these times that we live in, and truly identifying with who we are in Christ, and really grabbing a hold of what that identity is, then we're going to miss out because, you know, I, th this world has has taught us certain things. I mean, even as men, you know, uh, you know, men not knowing what, what um, uh, maybe they don't know the Lord, but as I talk to a man, many identify themselves with how they make a living. You know, uh, maybe we're, we're, we're shallow sometimes, superficial in a way that we're, we think our identity is what is fitting into the world's mold into who we think that we should be as far as this world is concerned. But I want you to know that God has given you a new identity. And as we grab a hold of that identity, we need to own it and we need to allow the Lord to develop it within our lives. So that we can stand firm. Somebody say firm. In this day and age that we live in. Because there's too much dabbling going on in the house of God. <laughs> Dabbling in things that we shouldn't be dabbling in and, and looking at things we shouldn't be looking at and desiring things we shouldn't be desiring. And, and it interferes with our identity. I, I've said it before, you know, when God delivered me from addiction, it was easy getting off drugs. But the hard part was losing my identity. Because I, I thought that I was this person and, and really others saw me as that person and, and, and you know, and I was uh, 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 torn between losing that identity of, of worldly respect or, or whatever. But yet, you know, the Lord says, no, this is who you are. But sometimes even as, as believers, we're not taking ownership of that identity. So therefore, there's confusion many times that tries to come into our minds and into our hearts and into our lives that stops us from moving forward in the power of God and in the power of what it is and who we are and what it is to be a Christian in these days, in this day and age that we live in. And, and, and then we always, there's a constant of, uh, of, uh, of the enemy, of Satan trying to really uh, pull us away or, or really distract us or sometimes make us want to give up. 
So it's going to take a, a, a determination and a desire and owning that place of, of really that identity God has given us so that we cannot or will not be shaken by anything going on around us. But we'll grab a hold of the power that's been huh, poured out upon us so that we can make a difference wherever we're at, whether we say something or not. So we know we're in a fight, okay? If we're not experiencing being in a fight right now, uh, man, maybe we better either pray more, go tell somebody about the Lord, be a witness, maybe straighten out an area in our life or whatever. Anytime you start truly pursuing the things of God and pursuing the Lord, there is a fight that has been stirred up. So last week we, we were, I was talking with Gary. Gary's a guitar guy. But more than that, he's a man of God. But we were talking about how when he went to, uh, he went to visit this place. I think it was uh, Lockheed Martin. Was that the place? Lock, yeah. We were talking about, we, for some reason, we just started talking about, about airplanes, about fighter planes, fighter you know, about these planes that, that, that are undetectable, you know, uh, you know, things have changed. Uh, things have, uh, for lack of a better word, evolved as far as aircraft is concerned. But I, I started just researching about a stealth uh, fighter, a stealth, stealth aircraft, uh, an aircraft that can't be detected. And the reason I started thinking about this is, man, we, we, we're too detectable by the enemy. Our, our actions are so predictable we don't have a, a, a I mean you know we don't have any hidden arsenal we're relying on the same old things when God is saying I want to take you to a new level and give you a stronger arsenal so that you cannot be detected and so that you can come in under the anointing and under the power of God so that I can use you in an extraordinary way and empower you. You see, for us as, as Christians, you know, we should be accomplishing the impossible by faith, meaning not accomplishing anything within our own strength, but helping to push, you know, doing our part to push God's kingdom forward and push the enemy's kingdom backwards and have impact on the society that we live in in such a way that, huh, that we come in like that stealth. Uh, aircraft and deliver you know, into our communities, into our cities, into our school systems, injecting the power of God into these places, Amen. into our government. Amen. But that world system is so strong that, that even the house of God has bought into that system. So we need to man, get our minds off of the, the, the lower places and, and fix our eyes on Christ so that we can understand who we are in Christ so that we'll have that elevated perspective and elevated understanding so that we'll see before we're seen. So this stealth uh, aircraft, this fighter plane, 
there, there's several of them, the B2, F22, F35. Uh, they have, you know, fancy names. Some of them, the Raptor, the, the Spirit, the, the, the Lightning. The Spirit is the one, the B2 Spirit is the one that I like, but that's, uh, you can choose whatever you want. Maybe you could research it yourself. But I want to see in the Spirit. And I want to be able to deliver something that I've never delivered before, you know, through the power of God delivering it through me <laughs> to a lost and dying world that's in need. Uh, I mean, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But man, you know, we should be developing as far as our identity is concerned so that we can be, make ourselves more available and be used. But it's going to take a greater faith. You know, too many times in the house of God as as time goes by, like I've said before, is, is what happens is we, we get to a certain part of faith and that's where we stay even though God is calling us higher. But we make that our identity and we keep that identity and we want to look good in the house of God. But yet we fail to take any greater steps of faith because we were too busy down here and we're no longer moving by faith. But we're moving by the knowledge that we've gotten up to that point. But yet we're not. We become ineffective in the house of God because we're down here and God is calling us up here. So we need to be effective in what we do as far as the Lord is concerned. So I'm going to read simply what God gave me for you today. And I want to. Read a passage that's familiar to all of us. And uh, I've, I've shared it before, but I think that it's relevant for the time that we live in. Because I see right now that there, there, there's an attack going on on the church. Whether we like it or... But the church is scared. People are scared to go to church. I mean... You know, uh, I'm gonna let me let me read this, and then we'll we'll get a little more into that. You're good, you guys are good. Fasten your seatbelts in that uh, B22 spirit, amen. Because we're amen. we're headed somewhere this morning amen. at warp speed, amen. We're gonna be we're gonna get there. Yeah, I, I just I don't mean that that's what the clock's gonna say warp speed, but uh, it might take a little while. But let's see what the word of God says. So let's go to. Uh, John 19. Does anybody need a Bible? We have free Bibles. Anybody? We have a young lady here. Oh, that's my sister. Yeah, she needs a Bible. You can take it home, young lady. Okay? So basically, I just want to set this up. Basically, I believe that, that this is where the church is at right now. Uh, and, and, and we're going to take a look at it. Here, here, here was Jesus. Jesus was sentenced to be uh, uh, crucified. We know that he came. He re revealed himself to, to, to the church. The church rejected him. You know, the, and, and I'm not saying that the church has rejected Christ as a whole. But there's certain things that we have not really been conscious of. And certain things that maybe we pushed away. And really have robbed us of who our, what our identity is. But... But I know that, that for those of us that have been around for a while, we've heard the fact that Jesus is coming back. 
Well, here we were at a place where Jesus was coming, period, or the Messiah or whatever, and, and uh, you know, the King of Glory is coming, and they had their own expectation of, of what he was going to be or how he, how he was going to present himself or how he was going to deliver uh, uh, Israel or, or whatever. So they had their own ideas, and I'm telling you that in a certain way, I think our own ideas have consumed the house of God in certain ways that are stopping us from moving forward by faith, that are stopping us from grabbing a hold of our identity, that are keeping us in a place of, I guess, limbo or maybe a place of, of ineffectiveness. But I'm telling you that it's the church's time to shine. But there's some refining that needs to take place at this point. So, I mean, I'm going to just throw this at you and see, you know, it'll land on somewhere that's going to produce something. So uh, let's go to 19 verse 12. From then on, okay, Jesus was presented, you know, here's, uh, here's they're talking about the crucifixion. So verse 12, 19 verse 12, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept on shouting, if you let this man go, you are not a friend of Caesar. So the Jews are a direct representation of the church. So here's the church yelling out, you can't let this man go. Uh, see, what has happened is we bought, bought into this system, this world system that has everything to do with Caesar and nothing to do with Jesus. So we've trusted in certain things, but we failed to trust in Christ himself in ways that he wants us to trust in him because right now I mean the let me tell you right now the light is on you and on me I'm telling you know we've done plays over here productions whatever and we have lights back there that shine directly on the person that's going either going to be speaking or the head person that's going to be uh, talk acting whatever well right now you're the main actor in this uh, production the church is in the spotlight right now. God is saying, there it is. That's my bride. <laughs> my bride's getting prepared. So here was the bride of that day. Uh, uh, one, you know, Jesus, of course, wanted that. He said he came to seek and save that which was lost, which was Israel, you know, at that time. So anyways, here, here he is in, in the church itself is saying, no, we don't want that kind of religion in our lives. We want what we currently have. And at the center of that is Caesar. The world system or what it stands for. I was talking with a young man uh, on Thursday night. Very intelligent young man. I mean, he, uh, the Lord revealed himself through his intellect. God is, God is, uh, is personal. But he, he uh, you know... As we were discussing, he told me, you know, I quit my job to, to raise my, 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 you know, my son. And, you know, we don't have that much or, or whatever right now, but we're, you know, eventually, whatever. And I told him, you know what, you're right where you need to be because you're not so used to having these things. That, you know, God is getting used to not having certain things in order so you can have him. Sometimes you get too used to having other things other than Christ, and they fill in areas in our lives. And we reject Christ in certain areas of our lives. 
Just look at your checking account. <laughs> now, you know, I'm going to teach on tithes sometimes. Because tithe is something that's very important to us. It really shows our trust to God and where we're at with him. It's hard for me to trust and trust others with a task in the church when they're not trusting God in, the most, in one of the most important areas in their lives. You can, you can say whatever you say, but I know I've been doing it for 23 years. So, that, so, so areas like that, and I'm not saying nobody's tithing because I don't look at the tithe, but what I'm saying is this. We need to get to a place where we're trusting God in areas where we've never trusted him before. We say we trust God, we sing we trust God, we sing he's number one in our lives. We, see, we can sing all we want, but unless there's action behind it, then all it is is just a song. We can confess whatever, but if we're not living it, then all it is is just a confession. Let me move forward. So here, here they're saying, you know what? <laughs> but the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are not a friend of Caesar. Okay, there's a church. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. <laughs> so, you know, some of the church is at a place right now where, where we're wondering, okay, we need to, we need to sur- submit to Caesar in certain areas. We need to su- submit to the world system. To, uh, I mean, the Bible clearly talks about, about authority. I understand that. But also, we got to understand, just like the disciples said, you know what? They told them to stop talking about, uh, they told the apostles to stop talking about Jesus or teaching or preaching. And they said, no matter what, they said, I mean, you know, I got to listen to what God's telling me to do. And there's times where you're going to have to make decisions and listen to what God says to do. And I'm going to tell you that it might interfere with your lifestyle that you're currently living right now? When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at the place known as a stone pavement, which in Aramaic is uh, Gabbatha. Uh, It was a day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. So here's the church. Here's Jesus. Here's the leaders of the church. And, and they're watching this whole thing go down. They started plotting to kill him, uh, uh, you know, a long time before this happened. So they were plotting. They just didn't know a way. Now they've reached a place where, where, where they want to kill him. And look. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. And here's, here's Pilate, what? Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And that's the church's choice right now. Who is your king today? Who is your king? Because sometimes we're identifying with part of this world system that has taken its place, a certain place, maybe not the main place, but there's still a throne room or a throne area in our hearts based on this world system. But yet, 
We have our, our Sunday service to the Lord. We have this or we have that. But right now there's no room for religion in the house of God. It's time for repentance and it's time for surrender and submission and grabbing a hold of your identity in Christ and walking in the fullness of who he's called you to be. Surrendered and submitted to him as your Lord, not only your Savior. So I'm going to read through this quickly. That's what the Lord gave me. It is time for the church or the bride to shine. See, no matter what, God has always had a remnant church. And I'm not, I'm not condemning any other church I'm just, or, or any. I'm not condemning the church at all. I'm just saying that there's a restructuring taking place right now. And we better understand it. You know, main, uh, you know mainstream religions are, are leaning towards things doctrinal things, allowing certain things in, in the house of God that are totally contradict what the truth is. So there's a constant bombardment, to, I'm telling you, to me, even from people that complain about the standards and everything that we have, even in this house, because what it does is, is you know, some people have their own agendas. So I'm telling you that sometimes there's resistance because... We raise up a standard and we keep that standard where it needs to be. And that's how our lives individually and corporately should be as far as truth is concerned in our lives. Anybody could be a critic of what they don't understand. But if we're not protecting with truth, then I'm telling you the lie is going to seep in and pretty soon it grows and grows and grows and grows and then it becomes a way of life in the house of God and in the congregation of God. And we think we're close to the Lord, but we really aren't. Because deception is what is going to be used in this day that we live in right now. The enemy is an expert at deception. Okay, it's time for the church to, to shine. You and I are part of the church. It's time for you to shine. It's time for you to shine. Hmm? Uh, the enemy has tried to rob our identity. And, and, and the reason I use rob is this. Because he's not stealing our identity. He's doing it right in front of us. The difference between robbing and stealing is a, ro a robbery takes place like this. Stealing is, is done in the, in the back. Stealing is done when you're not home. But right now the enemy is, is, is robbing our identity from us. You know, and, and we got to be careful that we're not giving it up willfully. Because if we are, we're giving up uh, authority that God has placed upon us. As far as that mantle is concerned, as far as our responsibility is concerned, and as far as our identity is concerned. So if we willfully give it up, we give the enemy a foothold not only into our lives personally, but into our marriages, into our homes, into our families. And pretty soon the door is wide open.
you are chosen by God. It's time for you to shine. The enemy has tried to rob our, our, uh, our identity, okay? The prince of this world has tried to take our identity through this plague. The church in general, okay? COVID-19 is a worldly illness. God allowed it. I've told you before, people have asked me, okay, is it, is, is this, uh, did God do this? I don't know. Remember, I mean, we got to understand and, and process in our own minds that God judged nations through plagues. I don't know. All I know is that there's, you know, over 60 million babies that have been aborted inside of this nation. And, 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 and man, and now this, I mean, we're allowing you know, things that God considers an abomination, you know, I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're allowing things even in the house of God. We're afraid to lose people so we don't talk about sin. We're, I mean, our repentance. I've thought about giving up my way of living and, 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 and coming uh, full-time in the ministry. And, and we could probably do it. Uh, but, man, I don't want to get into a place where I'm afraid of bringing forth the truth because I'm afraid of, the, of not being able to take a paycheck home. At least this way I can make my living and, and take my paycheck home and still come and just give the truth. No, hey, it's crossed my mind. What cross is yours? <laughs> it's a worldly illness. God allowed it. Satan is using it to disband the church. So Satan is using this to disband the church, disband the church, okay? But we aren't going anywhere, amen? So Satan is using this, uh, this COVID to, to cut us off from our king. He, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. Some people like the drive-in services better than they like coming to church, It's a truth because uh, there's, there's no accountability. We don't have to come in. We don't, I mean, the, the body of Christ does not want accountability anymore. We want to do what we do and, you know, neglecting the uh, uh, really, uh, you know, what God has outlined as, as far as, as the authority in his house, as far as the protocol or, or how he lines things up. So, you know. So after a while, we start losing our identity, maybe not, maybe not uh, uh, willfully, but because we fail to do it God's way. You see, uh, uh, I remember coming to the Lord, and I remember uh, bartering with God. Okay, Lord, you can have this part of my life, but I'm going to hold on to this. You can have this drug, but I'm going to hold on to this. You can have this, the way I think in this area. You can have bad words. Huh, bad words? Uh, I know there, nobody says them in here. But anyways, you can have these words, but I'm going to hold on to this. 
But, but I'm telling you, right now it seems like many times that's the way the house of God is. You can have this area, but you can't have this, Lord. And we have an expectation of preserving or walking in the fullness of that authority or that identity that he's given us. That impact that he's given us. Uh, really, in not understanding that we let a little bit of it go when we're not submitted and surrendered to the order of God. We want order in our homes, but we're not willing to fall under order. Look, he's wanting to pull us away from our king. The prince of this world is trying to stop us from gathering. <laughs> and I don't want to present this in a way, way of rebellion, but I do know that the church, the, you know, the enemy wants to snuff out the church right now. He wants to take us out. Wants to stop us from moving forward. He wants to shut us up. That's what I said. What I said is the current administration is supportive of the church. They're the ones. He's the one that said get the church meeting back together again. And I told you, we, the 25%, let's get by 25%. Okay, let's go do 25%. And then all of a sudden I see rioting and all this other stuff going on. And I'm saying, what? Well, I'm not going to let that rioting uh, uh, happen and, and me only meeting with 25% of the church. I don't care what anybody says. I pray for John MacArthur, California pastor that has stood up. And he said, you know what, I'm going to have services right now. He's been leasing for 45 years a parking lot uh, from the city, uh, Los Angeles. And now they, they've, they've stopped that lease. They closed up the lease. So part of his parking lot is being taken from him. So I'm telling you, you need to keep the leadership in prayer. Because let me tell you where Satan is hitting. Satan's going to hit the leadership. Smite the shepherd and the sheep, what? You take out that. That's why those of you that have any leadership uh, responsibilities, you better take it seriously. Because if you're not living up to who, you, who God has called you to be as a leader, then he'll take you out. What? Leadership is important right now. And I wasn't talking about the enemy. God is looking for people to stand. I'm replaceable in this ministry. <laughs> I can't be replaced. How serious do we take our, our responsibility? So the prince of this world is trying to stop us from gathering, from serving our communities and our cities, uh, from using our spiritual gifting, from spreading the good news, from tithing and offering, from supporting God's house, from the unity uh, God brings through the gather, gathering of the saints. He's trying to hold us down with fear. He wants us to be afraid to gather. This is the enemy. He wants us to be afraid to witness. He wants us to be afraid to lay hands 
or pray over people. What if they have COVID? I'm going to pray for you from here. You stand over there. And I'll stand over here. Don't come any closer than 50 feet. It's kind of funny, but it really isn't. Because I'm telling you, that's the way Satan works. He's trying to, he, this is his stand against the church. Where are you? Where are you and I? We saw uh, Achan when he started taking, treasuring the things that he, that he wasn't supposed to take. Uh, I think it was a, a jacket, uh, some gold, whatever. They were going into battle. Millions of people, there were a million, a million plus you know, that were, that were depending on, on uh, you know, on God's people to overcome at this time. And he takes stuff, and, and pretty soon he becomes, uh, really, he starts polluting what's going on. So what are we offering into the kingdom of God? Are we, are we bringing corruption and pollution in, or are we bringing holiness and righteousness into the house of God? I can't apologize for what God gave me. He gave me this this morning. I already had a message. He's been doing that the past four weeks. My hand just waves. Pick up a pen, he tells me. I'll start writing. My hand's going. <laughs> Wants us to be afraid. To lay hands on people. He wants to stop the move of God. He wants to paralyze the church. He wants to close down the churches. He wants to discourage. He wants to take us out so that we don't make any noise for Jesus. Just see. Go through your town yelling in the name of Jesus. What would that do? There would be a shaking. Some people would hate it. Some would think you're insane. But I wonder what that name would do as far as impacting if we walked down the street yelling it. All the way over there and all the way back. And back again and back again. I wonder how many spiritual strongholds would be broken down and torn down. Okay, we're here with the last part of it. Somebody say, <laughs> Okay, but we're not going anywhere. We're going to stand firm. This is what I started thinking about. The enemy is attacking in these areas, but I and you are not going anywhere. We're going to stand firm in what we believe in. Because we know that God has called us for such a time as this. Just like, who did he call? Who was the one? Who, what's the scripture that says that? The book of what? Esther? Man. She didn't know what was up, but all of a sudden it was her time. One woman who made a difference and dared to get in the face of the king, 
you know, with respect and to present this to the king. Well, I'm telling you, we need to present before our king the burdens that we have and the true heart that we have in a way that he will meet us wherever we take, take a step so that we can uh, lay claim over that ground for the honor and glory of Christ with a desire to fight for it and God will meet us there. Uh, and you know, all it takes is our faith to activate something greater and bigger than ourselves. How big is your faith today? If I'm not believing something great, we might as well just close those doors. What are you believing for? <laughs> We're standing firm. We're planted on the rock. We have a firm foundation. We are the house of God. We are the bride of Christ. We have been empowered. We've been set in place. We are children of the Most High. We will fight it through. We will stand. Salvation has come. This is an opportune time for salvation, for discipleship. Huh? This is an opportune time to lay hands. I'm telling you. We walk into a place with the Spirit of God all over us. There's going to be a shaking that's going to take place. And you're going to see devils. Flying all over the place and being manifested because you walked in the door. Under the power and the anointing and the influence of God Almighty himself. We've seen it. We've been talking about spiritual gifts. And I, and I, and I said, hey, now that we're talking about it, just wait and see what happens. Healings, deliverance, I mean, you know. And it's all because, we're hey, we're believing the truth. We are blood-bought believers. We are anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He, remember, he chose a time set in the exact places that we should live. So therefore, God is entrusting us with something. You might not see it in you, but he sees it in you. Amen. We will not fear. We will not shrink back. We are more than conquerors. The church is the most important structure at this time. Not the governmental structure. The church is the most important structure, whether we're in here or out there. The structure that God has placed together as he builds us together Block, spiritual block by spiritual block as he's adding, as he's lifting up, raising up the walls. Man, we're the most important right now at this time. And it's no reason to be prideful or arrogant, but it should make us even more humble that God set us in place for such a time as this. It should cause us to pray more. It should cause us to fast more. It should cause us to be where in, in church more. It should ca cause us to gather in the name of Jesus more. It should cause us to study more. Because we're going to need it. You see, the church has the most value at this time. Okay? We belong to the kingdom, remember, that cannot be shaken. This world is falling apart all around us. But the church isn't or shouldn't be. So God has set something in motion 
And are you moving with what he has set in motion? Because I'm telling you, as it's moving, there are certain things that are going to be left behind us. And we don't want it to be people. We need to know who we are positionally. We need to be carriers of the good news. We need to bring the hope through Christ to a lost and dying world. We are equipped to handle whatever comes our way through faith. Are you ready for the fight? Some of you guys know how to fight. And I'm talking to the ladies in here. See, the battle isn't over yet. It's not over till it's over. Maybe we've been knocked down a couple times, but we're not out. We still got some fight left in us. It doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. I'm going to read one scripture and then close with this. If you're tired, it's okay. If you're sleeping, it's all right because the word of God penetrates better when you're not <laughs> thinking about I knew a, a evangelist, and he said this, but it might be, it might happen. Don't get me wrong; the times we're living in, this could happen. But McDonald's has not run out of Big Macs yet. <laughs> You'll still have one with your name on it if you show up at two o'clock. <laughs> okay, one more, one more passage, and then we'll we'll let. You guys have been a good class today. <laughs> Amen. I don't know about you, but I like this stuff. Let's look at this. This has everything to do with your identity. Praise be. This is in the book of Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Let's look at this. I pray also that the eyes. This is uh, 1.18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Or opened up. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparably great power. Somebody say power. For us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, all authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also uh, in the one to come. So, don't think that God doesn't have authority, not even over this whole situation. <laughs> all this stuff has to happen. How are you handling it? It's gonna and, and and can I tell you something? It's gonna get worse. 
uh, for them. <laughs> and for you if you don't believe. But for us it's going to get better. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is us, which is the body, uh, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world, the world system, and, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in, in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful desire, our sinful nature, and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised. Us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That is your identity. Now every head bowed please. You see I don't, I don't mean to be a hard preacher. But I better be presenting the truth. I better be presenting what God tells me to, to deliver. First of all, I got to ask, is there anybody in here that not, has not yet given their life to Christ and made a commitment to serve him? Is there anybody in here so that I can say a prayer with you and so that you can uh, be born again? And is there anybody in here? Any, raise your hand if, if somebody wants to give your life to the Lord. Anybody? Okay. Now, I got to ask you if this message impacted you in such a way. Or, you're, or you and I are truly ready to say, you know what? We have no God but Jesus. And we're going to obey whatever he's called us to do. Remember, here we are in Gethsemane, the church. And we might be asking, isn't there another way, God? Can it be easier than the things that are to come? No, it can't. But God's full anointing and his power and his strength will be all over us. So if that's you and you made a decision, I believe there's an anointing here. Not only to move us all forward or propel us to a whole different other place. But as far as positionally and greater understanding, if that's you, I want you to come to this altar quickly. Let's make it quick. And let's accept and receive what God has for us.